Welcome to the Dr. Wayne Dyer Radio Podcast. Discover the wisdom and remarkable insights of Dr. Dyer, world-renowned spiritual teacher and foremost authority on how the power of your mind creates your world. Let's go to Marta in Miami. Marta in Miami Beach on line three. Hello. Welcome to the show. You're on with Dr. Wayne Dyer. Dr. Dyer, it's such a pleasure. I've I've read your book for so many years. It's such a pleasure to be on the phone with you. Thank you. Marta, is it? Marta? Marta. Marta. Like Marta Marta. without the H. Oh, okay. I'm not going to tell you how to say your name, okay? I promise. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) The reason why I'm calling today is because um, through the years I've heard you mention that one of your daughters had... uh, issues with uh, with drug use, with addiction to drugs, yes. and I'm wondering, as a parent, how you dealt with that, because I am in the same situation with my son, uh, and although he is trying really hard um, to stay away from it, you know, I see him sometimes slipping, and it's like a roller coaster, and it's affecting me, and I don't know what to do. <laughs> I know yeah, I'm not supposed to do son? anything. <laughs> Well, I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say, uh, you know, Abraham says love, you've got to love them through it. Mm -hmm. Um, And how old is your son? 26. He's 26, yeah. And what kind of drugs does he he slip back Uh, into? Mainly cocaine and sometimes, I'm thinking, sometimes marijuana. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, let me just speak a little bit about this, and then I'll come back to that. Because, you know, we, we, uh, it's, it's one of the biggest concerns that I have right now for, uh, for this generation, that's, uh, which are the generation of my children and your children, and, and that's in the same age. I have children exactly your, your, your son's age. Um, is that they, that they, they have been grown up and been weaned uh, in a society in which uh, taking pills and taking drugs is, has become the norm. Um, we've gone from, I think it was in the early 1990s, there was an estimate there was 1.3 billion pills that were being consumed in the United States, 1.3 billion. Seems like a lot, but for 290-some million people, it wasn't. But today, uh, just a generation later, that number is 109 billion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a thousand-plus fold. Uh, and, you know, it's like, again, last night I was watching uh, 60 Minutes, and I just watched the commercials as, uh, as, they, as I was TiVo through, through them, and every single commercial on 60 Minutes last night, which is one of the highest rated shows in the country, was for a drug of some kind or another. So it, it, it and, and your son has, has, uh, has been, has grown up in a, in, in a culture in which uh, taking pills or taking drugs of some kind or another for virtually every ailment that we have is, uh, is just the norm. Um, there was a, a statistic the other day that said that seven out of ten college students, seven out of ten kids in college today, take uh, a drug called Adderall, uh, uh, which is uh, which is a form of cocaine. It's really a, it's an upper kind of film that uh, pill that people take, and it's it's very much like taking cocaine. Uh, you can stay up for a long time, you can concentrate, and you can get your homework done. The only problem is, like, I have a daughter who's addicted to to Adderall, and uh, if she, uh, when she takes it, uh, she doesn't just take one or two to stay up; she'll take uh, five or six or seven, and before you know it, her whole body is out of whack, and she has to go into rehab. And she's gone through this since she was a very young girl, and now she's 27 years old, and I still struggle with it all the time. So it isn't just the illegal drugs of marijuana and cocaine and so on, because the drugs that are being uh, 
that are get, being produced today, uh, are, they're in a huge, huge system in which uh, not only the pharmaceutical industry, but the lobbyists in, in uh, Washington and the congressmen in Washington and the hospitals and the doctors uh, and the advertising people on television, there's so much money involved in this that uh, getting anybody to come in and, and do something about it the numbers of young people addicted uh, is growing and growing and growing and growing. And the number of, uh, of young people who are not only addicted but who are uh, committing suicide or getting sick or overdosing and so on is just hugely on the increase. I think it's probably uh, that and the obesity crisis are two of the, uh, the really big things that we face as a people. We have to look at what we are doing now in the name of money what we're putting in our food to get people to addicted to food and eat more and more and more now that 31% of our population is obese, um, which is just alarming. And uh, an even larger percentage of them are addicted to one kind or another to a drug. And they're being told every single day uh, that there's another drug that you should try and go to your doctor and see if you can get a prescription and so on. Mm -hmm. And we are the only country in the world that allows uh, you know, advertising on television for uh, prescription uh, medication. So your, what your son is dealing with is not just a, uh, you know, maybe an occasional uh, lapse into uh, cocaine and marijuana. He has been imprinted uh, on a consciousness which says uh, uh, in order for you to feel good and to be in a state of well-being, uh, you're going to need these drugs. And there's so much reinforcement in the entire, what I just described, with the lawmakers and the hospitals and the doctors and the advertisers. There's so much money being made that it's really hard to get a, a grip on this and, and do anything about it. So, um, uh, I, I, you know, my advice, I mean, it's like for me, I mean, and, and I'm, I'm a former, uh, you know, drug user myself, and, uh, you know, uh, I haven't had an al any alcohol in my system in now 23 years. Um, so I, I, I understand the pull of it, uh, mm -hmm. and I understand it particularly since I, I have a daughter who, is, uh, who struggles with it every single day, even uh, right now as we speak. Uh, she's always on my mind and I'm always concerned. So what I have taught her and talked to her about is that it is, it is only when you, when you get to a place where you decide that you no longer, it isn't that you don't want to disappoint yourself, or you don't want to disappoint your parents or disappoint others. It's when you, when you go within and know that you have a higher self and that you, you are a spark of the higher self. You are a fragment of God. You must be like what you came from. And if you can get your son to recognize and understand that highest part of himself and say to himself, I no longer want to disappoint God, and I am a piece of God, so it is the highest place within myself. And usually, you know, when someone finds that, that spirituality, most of the drug treatment places uh, have a, an element of spirituality and divinity within them. And if he can find that within himself, if you can help him to find that in some way, and I don't mean by just going to church and, and, and reading the Bible um, or, or, or a holy book. I mean by recognizing that he himself uh, is, is, came from a place of well-being, perfect well-being. And if he no, no longer wants to disappoint that part of himself and putting your focus on that and, and constantly reminding him uh, when you're in his presence, uh, not so much about how disappointed you are that he is uh, back doing those drugs, but in how what <clears throat> where you can put the focus on his greatness on his uh, on on his spirit on the fact that he is a, a, indeed a fragment of the divine of god and uh, and let that fragment grow into a little bit 
more of who he is, a little larger piece of himself, where it's not just a fragment, but it's a piece. And it's not just a piece, it's a component, it's a, and it's a percentage. And, and you become, instead of that uh, person looking for a high, you become a spiritual being, you become a spiritual essence, where uh, drugs no longer have any role in your life whatsoever. Now that's a little lecture. Does that make? Does that help at all? It it it, it makes perfect sense to me. I, I just wish that there was a way that I could reach him. Um, he, which was actually the best thing that happened to him, he got arrested last year, and mm-hmm. he was forced to go through this program. And as he went through the program, he changed and he went back to being his old, regular mm-hmm. self. And it was wonderful. And I kept enforcing him. You know, not to beat himself up by the mistakes, but to be proud of how much he's learned. And I try to really focus on the positive. But now that program is about to come to an end. And in the last few weeks, I already saw the old friend starting to come around, the phone calls, um, how he immediately um, starts to pull away from me, as you know, try to cut communication with me because that way he doesn't, you know, I don't pick up on the different, the subtlety of the changes right. that that are starting to take place again. And my fear is that now when the program is over, he's going to fall right back into it. And I just, oh, it's so hard. I, I, you, I, listen, we could be, we could be soulmates because I have the exact same thing going on in my family. And I have it going on right now with that same daughter. When she was on drug testing and when she, you know, had to report and so on, um, she was fine. And she called me one day and said, I don't have to do drug testing anymore. Isn't that great, Dad? Um, internally, I was uh, deeply disappointed because it, uh, about uh, three months later, she she slipped one Adderall into her body, and then all you have to do is count. You know that one when one goes in, you know six months later she'll be out of control again. And sure enough, those those have been. And when she has been forced to uh, to stay away from it and and really face herself, she has um, she has she has done well. What I have done for my own peace and sanity and so on. I've detached myself from the choices that she's made um, uh, and, and, and let her know that I, I understand the pull of it and, uh, and, and I don't know what, uh, w- you know, what, <clears throat> how far you have to go with this before you get that lesson. Uh, I'm there for you. I love you. I adore you. Um, but I will not allow myself to any longer be dragged down uh, into that uh, into that morass, into that pit of uh, uh, you know of, of pain, um, because of the choices that you made, that you mm. make, and I've literally detached myself from that, and I did, I don't think about it, I don't focus on it, uh, and I love her through it, and she she'll make a step, she'll make two steps forward, she'll make one step back, until ultimately uh, she will have to make the choice, and if she makes the continues to make the choice, that uh, she knows that it she, it will ultimately end her life. And, and I can't allow myself to, uh, because this has been going on for 15 years for me, and uh, mm. it's up and down. And when she's when she's drug free, she is the most divine soul to be around. And uh, it's a it's a monster. It's a monster pull, and it's a monster pull that we need to really look very hard at. And and her and her drugs of choice have nothing. She's got prescriptions for all of them. Mm. She can get a, She knows how to get a prescription anytime for for what it is that she wants. So she doesn't. She's not in danger of being arrested. She's just yeah. in danger of, of dying. You know, and it attacks their self-esteem as well. It's just so sad to watch. So I guess I have just have to learn how to detach from this. You do. You ultimately have to learn how to detach, but uh, you also have to help him to find 
you know, the divinity, because just as just as sad as what I have just said to you is, there are also there's endless uh, cases of people who've turned away from things like crystal meth, um, or uh, you know, very very or heroin and so on. And in one moment, one moment's realization have, done, and I've seen my daughter do it. I've seen her do it for for years at a time, years at a time. Uh, hmm. And so I and I constantly remind her of that, and she uh, and she has been uh, behind bars uh, on on this, and uh, has even said to me just recently that uh, you know I am more of a prisoner now than I was when I was locked up. She said, and those were her words, because the the, the prison, the prison is uh, is is the pull of this drug, and being able to look at this drug and be able to talk to it and say to it. Now, if he can stay in a program, if you can help him to continue to stay in a program and, and get him to recognize that this this is his salvation, because I know that he likes himself better when he's sober than when he's not. Yeah, except he doesn't recognize that he has a problem, so that's where I run into the problem. Mm-hmm. If I talk to him, I, I get the, it's fine, I'm not going to do it again, It's it's all is well, and I get yeah. that speech. Yeah. So. Well, I, as like I said, Abraham has some really wonderful advice on this. It was very helpful to me. And she's, Abraham said, "Love." Are you familiar with Abraham? Yes, Abraham I am. Hicks yeah. yeah. Um, just kind of Google that and find where it talks about the, the drugs and and so on. Uh, and she said, "It's like what you have to do, Martha. What you have to do is love them through it. You know, let them know that you love them, but you're not going to be dragged down by it." and that you're not going to let yourself be uh, immobilized by it, that you're almost going to become indifferent to it. You know, If this mm-hmm. is your choice now, I mean, this isn't what I'm talking about at the beginning. I'm talking about someone who's been doing this for a considerable amount of time. To find out more about Dr. Wayne Dyer or any other Hay House author, please visit hayhouse.com. Thank you for listening.